Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to our ramen host club. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to our ramen host club, a podcast where we talk everything about the geek culture, anime, manga, light novels, etc., video games, stuff like that. Uh, and today we've got the whole cast. So hi, say hi, cast. Hi, cast. What's up, Anji? Uh, Anji's back. Yummy. Anji, we missed you so much, but even though, you know, you came down here to visit me, so it didn't feel like <laughs> anything Oh, yeah. Changed. How'd that go, guys? It was great. It was fun. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. You know, it, it felt like stress relieving because I asked for a few days off of work, and my sister was down here. I haven't seen her in, what, like a year? A year or so? No. It's, no, no, no. It's we April. saw each other in, in April. Yeah. It felt like a year. So, Winter edition. Yeah. I got to meet... Um, her boyfriend's family for the first time. Well, I guess I met the I met Erica once before, but I had no idea who she really was. Yeah. And probably a while ago. Yeah, but they're all really <laughs> cool people. They're pretty cool people. So I'm glad I made a decent impression on them, a good impression. They think you're cool was, too. Yeah, that's the <laughs> funny thing. So so Yami, get this right. Mm-hmm uh Angie was t- was like pretty much like scaring me with like these extroverted people for <laughs> all of you guys out there I am an introvert so I have to take a day to like just you know be in my zen mode in order to like just take up any like you know anything coming my way like outside of my bubble and um yeah when I did meet them they're like good like good enough there was like kids there because they're like uh Angie said they're focused more on the kids <laughs> than me but they like when they did interact with me they were really really cool people and i was pretty much just trying to like make An- uh, angie look good in front of them and her- <laughs> um, you gotta do that because they know me for like five I, years i know but i i don't know uh, i i wanted to make a good impression just not just by me but just uh, with you too because you know uh you did tell me that you were kind of like feeling a little bit uncomfortable just if you if i didn't come it's it's not that it's just I I need them in micro doses. But if there's someone else there that I can like talk to, then you know, we're good. But yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, like I could see it, like what you mean by that. It's like if you take them on like head on, it's like where the hell you come from? <laughs> like, oh, I was enjoying my little corner. <laughs> that's understandable. You you always need a little bit of a buffer when it comes to people that you don't really know. Or you just exactly. feel like, yeah, you want to make a the funny, good impression. The funny thing is, one of the uh, guys, uh, what was his name? Um, oh, God, Gale? Galen. Galen. He's really cool, but he was like the one that I least talked to. <laughs> and he was the one that was the and you and he was the one that you were kind of hyping up mo- the most, saying that I'd probably get along more with him. <laughs> and well, he mean, was the one that I talked to. Closer to the same age, and you like the same things, so I figured. Yeah, yeah. No, when we did talk, it was about like cool things we were definitely interested in. But I definitely had more um, time with the uh, sisters and mother, you know, than I did <laughs> with Kaylin. Oh, you know they're. They're all parents. They're all busy with their kids and stuff. That is true. That is true. But I'm glad they they did, and like didn't see me as weird. And I'm glad you invited me. So I'm glad you had I needed fun. that. I, I felt I actually felt relaxed, weirdly enough. 
probably from the beer. So, probably. I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure. You, you, did you have some gummies or beer? No, or... no, no, no. Like the first thing we did was get a like uh what a pint of beer. Yeah. Each. So yeah, we all just drank before we started like walking around. So that kind of helped the mood. That's and a giant ass pretzel. That's usually what they do to unwind. Anyways, there's always drinks and food around. And, you know. <laughs> Let's get you comfortable. Have a beer. Pretty dope. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, to this episode. So, um, what did you guys really want to talk about? Because I kind of um, wanted to see how we kind of dabbled on it a little bit, but I kind of want to see what sparked our interest in um um i guess animation in general like how it differs from how we saw it back then as kids to now and i kind of just wanted your guys's input on what you thought uh how you felt about animation or anime whether it's like you know movies or anything of the nature that involve like cartoons as you grew older hmm. That's kind of what I wanted to like dabble on a little bit on this episode, uh, but we could totally like talk about other things as well. Well, Angie, the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, animation just as a you know the broader topic of it is something I can talk about forever because it's definitely one of my biggest interests. But I don't mind um, you know expanding to other things. How, um, how, I guess, would you say you, you saw animation when you're younger compared to now? Because it definitely has a bigger meaning now that, like, it's more involved in your life. Oh, for sure. You know, growing up, yeah, growing up as a kid, you didn't think you'd still be watching anime or watching, like, you know, Disney movies and stuff like that, right? And you think you'd actually grow up to be an adult and do adult things and like watch more serious movies or not even watch movies anymore, <laughs> but it seems to be playing a bigger role in all of our lives you know especially with this podcast we talk about animation all the time anime in general but you know we do have like affinity for something that is characterized from a human's per- perspective so the thing with me is that when i was a kid and i would watch you know, whether it be anime or American cartoons or, you know, like animated movies or anything like that, I always thought it was really magical because, you know, obviously someone drew this and they brought it to life in so many different ways. But I was a child, so I didn't understand how much work went into it and, you know, how much storyboarding and planning and you know, how many conceptual designs were created just for this one character, you know? The magic kind of just, like, becomes more realized as you get older, but it, it still interests you. Well, as, you as an adult, you know, now that I have a concept of all of that taking place, I have a deeper appreciation for it. And I feel like, you know, especially for me, because I feel like I... I still watch a lot of cartoons. I still watch a lot of things that are targeted mainly for like kids, but I see it more from an appreciative standpoint for the art, you know? And I feel like that's something that I can always carry with me, no matter how old I get. 
I'll always appreciate wow, animation yeah. for the art that for the art and the work that goes into it. Yeah, and uh, and I think it also <clears throat> it helps because you and I, growing up, you know, doing our drawings and stuff, it felt like we had a entryway to how it first started. You know, it's like, for example, like someone who who aspires uh, like in animation but can't draw anything. They had to literally kind of work the way in it but because we kind of always did you know drawing and illustration we kind of already had a sense of idea especially at a very young age you know like we kind of knew what we liked yeah for sure in a sense. <clears throat> i the i you know i'll just kind of chime in here but like uh i like what you said angie when you when you said like you appreciate it from an artistic point of view and that's kind of how I view it too. It's, um, you know, it's almost like uh, like reading uh, books or, um, you know, some kind of like a novel or something like that. That's kind of how I view animation is om like bringing those kind of stories to life. A lot of them are based on, on like novels and books and whatnot anyway. Um, but when you watch something like... Uh, I don't know, something really impactful. It, it doesn't really matter if it's animated or if it's cartoony looking. You can appreciate it for the story it tells and the kind of uh, characters it brings to life and, the, and all the kind of different emotions it might bring out of you. Like, we can recall, all three of us probably have, like, a particular uh, cartoon or a particular episode of a cartoon or anime or something like that that you can always like call back to like you're always saying some sort of phrase from it or you're always imagining a scene from it or something like that that happens because you know it had an impact um from a story perspective or an emotional perspective it wasn't like it was just like uh i don't know Blues Clues. I'm not trying to shit on Blues Clues or anything because the reason I can recall that is because I watched it so much as a kid. But like, there's a certain kind. We did too. <laughs> but there's certain kinds of like cartoons and and anime and whatnot that you just recall instantly, and it, because it had that kind of a profound effect on you, and it has really little to do with um, you being like a certain age or anything. It's just you know it it rose some sort of like emotion out of you for whatever reason. So that's how I think it, of it. Yeah. And in all honesty, like playing off with what you said, it's, um, it's, it's that sense of storytelling that you can't really get from something that's more, I guess, grounded. Mm -hmm. And the, the cool thing about animation is you could totally make it grounded as much as you can. You can make it so realistic, but it's still, anim it's still animated. Mm -hmm. But it could also, it also dives into a fantasy world where if you played it in a, in like, uh, I guess a more, if you played it with real characters, like real life people, it wouldn't translate well if it was animated, unless it was animated, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, for example, um, you've guys seen uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children, right? Yes. Or kind of, yeah. So, that was a very, like, even though it's based on video, it's a very grounded movie, how they detailed all the characters and how they looked, and it's very realistic. Like, at the time, I was like, whoa, this is so, like, they look like almost real people. Mm -hmm. But 
like the fact that they're throwing motorcycles with their feet and they're like climbing up walls and I'm like damn like if these were real people like it would not be convincing but because it it but because you know it's animated you could definitely go to that extent and still make it so believable and i think that's where i, I kind of get lost in the um lost in like the magic of just animation is that kind of storytelling can't be expressed through uh, real life like people and not saying that um, you know movies with real people are bad I love like movies in general but um, it it takes a whole nother level to understand how characters in this like world works and how you how the person who directed it and created it is just like making these things you know um, it just takes that certain level of creativity I don't know um, I feel like it's the next level thing I so, like, uh, this is actually a shared experience between all three of us because uh, we actually went to the movie theater together to watch this, but um, I don't know if you guys know where I'm going with this, but we all saw Toy Story 3 together. Yes, I knew you were going to bring that up. It was back in, oh man, it was like maybe 2011 or whenever it came out. Hold on. Uh, yummy. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to cut you out real quick, okay? Uh -huh. Give me one second. <laughs> I don't know where it, what happened. Oh, mm -hmm. it, it might be his roommate trying to get in. I I knew you were gonna bring up Toy Story. Uh, I have we, to, man, because I, I remember. I, remember uh, that. I remember. Uh, I think we were sitting next to each other, right? Mm. I think I we think were. So. I think and you were on one side, and Marjorie was on the other side. Yeah, I remember you were uh, sitting next to me, and like I could. Um, <clears throat> Well, I'll go over it in the pod. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, oh no, it's did you okay. guys hear all that? Did you guys hear that from your? No, side? we didn't hear anything. You didn't. Okay, cool. Because like I heard it here, I wasn't sure if my mic picked it up or not. But if you guys didn't hear it, then I should be okay. What was it? Your porn? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did your blow up doll like go off or something? <laughs> No, no, uh, I think Michael's having a little feud on the phone with someone. Oh, no, we couldn't yeah, hear it. I just didn't want to let it ruin what I was saying. No, your mic's pretty good because we didn't hear crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I was at, so, you know, we all saw uh, Toy Story 3 together, and, like, the, the impact, like, emotionally that that particular uh, movie had on me is just, like, crazy because, like, I remember uh, sitting next to Angie, and um, <laughs> I think you guys might remember that scene, like near the end, where uh, all the toys are. Uh, oh man! Like, the dumpster scene. Yeah. Where, where they start to get crushed uh, in the yeah, thing. and you're like, um, I don't know. I was just I could hear. I, I don't want to call you out, but I could hear Angie. Call me out, man. I could hear Angie, like, <laughs> sniffling a little bit, like, next to me. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got to hold it together. So I'm, like, looking just dead, like, straight, because I don't want anybody to see me, like, tearing up. I'm literally, like, having, like, uh... It's, it's okay, Yami, it's okay. <laughs> I got, like, water, like, obstructing my vision. I can, it's all blurry and shit. Like, I can barely see the screen. It was just like, oh, man, like, the the impact of that particular uh, movie is just, it, it takes, it, there was something about, like, the timing of it, because that's, like, a transition in your life, 
during that time. Like, mm-hmm. we were around 20-ish. Aunt Angie's a little younger than us, but we were all, like, around that age. And that mm-hmm. that particular movie just, like, spoke to all of us. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a transition. You know, that's what Toy Story it, 3 was about. And it was, like, it hit it, home. And that's what I mean. Like, the, the whole entire work behind animation, not just the fact that they're making these characters and telling a great story that complements all the other two stories that came before it, but they could literally control when they could release these things. So if they know that it's t- also targeting college students going to college, they're like, hey, let's make a Toy Story 3 movie and target those kids that used to watch Toy Story 1 now that are off to college, you know? And they pulled on your heartstrings with that. And then seeing that you have to grow up, so you have to let these toys go, mm. and using a big old like fire, <laughs> like, dumpster-looking thing to kill the toys that you once knew when you grew up. I was like, I grew up with this, and you're just going to bury it? I know, right? like, I know I'm an adult, but come on now. Like The impact was so real. No, the, the um, double punch was the real ending when they said goodbye for real. Yes. Yeah, I was going to yeah, And that. you thought it was over at the dumpster scene. And then Anji, yeah, you're right. And it was like pulling again on the heartstrings. I was like, like I can't take it. I'm going like, to die of a heart attack here. I was like, this is terrible. This is too much. I'm like, JK, this is going to worse. This is going to hurt 10 times worse. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled the yeah. ultimate debate on that. Like they got us really good. Mm-hmm. I could, I could definitely understand like movies with amazing story, great stories, whether it's animation or not. But there's something to animated movies that just like I feel does a step up better when it comes to um, character developing and like heightening those emotional senses that people have. You know, it's uh, even uh, I could see why people grow out of it and they don't watch cartoons anymore. But for those of us, like especially the introverts, I bet you most of the adult introverts still watch like animated cartoons and stuff. But for those who stick with animation movies up until like their adulthood, they that's what we look in internally. It's like that imaginary world we kind of, you know, thrive on in a sense. And that's what animation brings to, I think, a lot of introverts is that imagination that we always look internally within ourselves that we hope to bring out into, like, this big world of just, you know, gray and gloomy real life kind of thing. You know? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong or not, but I mean, like... Well, it's not just for introverts or anything. That's just everybody. Like, mm, a, lot of, no. a lot of these uh, but, are, are basically, like, vehicles in which you can kind of escape reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's, I, I guess I misspoke with that, but I mean, like, I feel that most people who are the introverted type, like, don't want to say, like, I don't mean, by like, introvert, introvert, but I mean, like, just, like, they internally process things a lot more deeper. That's what I kind of mean by introvert. I don't mean, like, an actual, like, you know, person who's always closed up in their room. I just mean, like, someone who processes things deeper and has, like, and kind of, like, wanders in their mind of, like, wondering, like, you know, what imagination they could come up with. Like, the, the deep thinker kind of person. So people who, like, kind of dive into, like, deep thinking and then still follow with animation, I feel like it's an external relief that animation is kind of up and center, you know? I kind of wanted to stem from what Yami said about how um, it's kind of like an escape from reality. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel like the reason why people play video games is to do just that. And for me, when I watch, you know, an animated movie or a show, that's pretty much what I'm doing as well. Because I feel like, um, you know, with live action, everything is so, like, 
limited, you know, because we have a concept of what, you know, a regular human being is capable of doing on camera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with animation, you know, it really pushes the envelope because these are things coming out of people's imaginations. So, I mean, you could really do almost anything with animation. And that's why I feel like it's a it's a broader canvas to work with versus, you know, live action things. But um, going back to the uh, escape from reality thing, I feel like that's just exactly that. You know, it's limitless. If that makes sense. No, you're, yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense. It, yeah, it, it's hard to craft like the it's i guess for us because we understand it in a whole nother level compared to someone who doesn't really care for animated things it's the story uh, like the story it tells it could be so obscure that um if like like i said well, like i guess like i was kind of just like beating the bush earlier is that if real people were to do it like it wouldn't be as believable you know it 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 would be more believable if it was like an animated thing versus if someone was like not doing it. Like for like we were talking about earlier, like if we were watching Final Fantasy and someone's running out the walls or like throwing a bike with their foot or something. It's like you get so immersed in how like things are created and how like you get lost in this universe or this world, you know? Because like for example, like for like Lord of the Rings, right? Lord of the Rings or or the um, the Hobbit, like those were with real actual people, and they had to dress them up as elves and use a big uh, a green screen to do certain things and whatever. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of that stuff was still like uh, believable, but they could only do so much. If it, but if it was like an animated uh, like an animated movie, they could probably express a lot more in how they control the characters and stuff. So, okay, so I, I, I think we got our point across with the whole animation yeah. thing. Um, so I guess stemming on from that, what would be your, what would be some of your favorite animated movies that you still love today that you remember as a child? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just name like one just or two. One. I, one would be okay. Go ahead. Go, you guys can go ahead. Go, I, I need oh time yeah. to think about this. <laughs> oh, okay. Go, go ahead, well, Yami. Uh, yeah, floor's yours. Um, I would probably uh, say uh, it is a uh, oh, Sailor Moon is eight, movie. Is it Eight Crazy Nights? <laughs> it's the huh? Adam Sandler uh, Christmas movie. I think oh, it's Eight Crazy oh, Nights. Right? Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. So uh, that one. See, that's another. See. The reason why I like that one, obviously it's a comedy, but um, the reason I like that one is, uh, even though it's really funny and has some uh, fucked up shit that's really hilarious in it. Uh, it's a classic. Yeah, but the the other thing is it's kind of heartwarming, you know, like at the end where uh, Whitey, uh, like the, the town pulls together for him and they actually sort of. Uh, reward him for his service yeah that was really sweet yeah it was a really sweet moment i you know uh my brother he uh that's like one of his favorite movies as well and uh he he said you know back then it made him uh cry actually uh which i didn't know um because uh he's one he's the kind of guy who's like uh he doesn't want to admit when something gets him like emotional or anything like that. Like he tries to stifle it or whatever. But he he admitted at least that like 
And I could understand why, because uh, that particular movie just kind of comes out with the feels out of nowhere, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really does. Wow. Yeah, and uh, no, it's just, really it's do. a real, it's a classic movie. Like, I, I love everything about it. I had been, when I was younger, I was a big Adam Sandler sort of fan, because uh, almost everything he did back then was, like, funny as shit to me. Water but, sucks. Yeah. Water. Way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that particular uh, movie just stands out to me, at least with, like, uh, animated movies back then, because uh, it was a little bit more mature content than most movies you're allowed to watch when you're a kid around that age. Uh, <laughs> that is true. But... Um, no, I just, I liked the story, and then it was a really happy ending. So that particular one I just, I love for a lot of different reasons, but especially for the end, like, you know, I, and obviously the songs, too, really stick out to me. I like <laughs> so. But yeah, that's, that would be mine. Um, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, Eight Crazy Nights for me was like, probably my favorite back then okay i have two is that okay yeah no that's i have two that i'm thinking of so the first one is the iron giant because of the same animators for eight crazy nights i did not know that yeah yeah and then the uh the second one is anastasia from don bluth Ooh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those two really stuck out to me when I was a kid. Like, watching them, it kind of sparked the whole, oh my god, this is art <laughs> kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm actually curious, what what about Anastasia, out of all the other movies you could have you said, uh, mm. what, what about that one stuck out to you? So... You know, I, I think the number one thing that people think of when they think of Anastasia is that they think that she's a Disney princess or something, which, of course, you know, back in the day, she wasn't a Disney property, so that was kind of something that stuck out to me, and was then, that she wasn't and Disney. The, and then the mouse set the fox trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, I... As Anastasia as a character was always really interesting to me just because um, she was very sassy and feisty and mm -hmm. very un-Disney-like. When I watched the movie with you, I felt that you had a strong relation to the character. Oh, I, like when yeah. I was watching it, I kind of saw you in it. Yeah, you know? I, I definitely I was like, that, she acts like my sister. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, I mean, you know, so that was something I could relate to. And... Um, just uh what's another thing uh rasputin the villain was really terrifying to me as well um you hmm. know him being like a demonic witch doctor type guy and um the music and everything everything about it just really stuck out to me it it was more of i want to say a period piece than any other animated movie i've ever seen even with its, you know, like historical inaccuracies, I still thought it was really um, tastefully done. Well, historical inaccuracies and Disney kind of go together. I know it's not a Disney movie, <laughs> but this still counts in my opinion. Oh, yeah. 
But I feel like historical accuracies and movies in general don't go. (laughs) But I feel like it doesn't even matter if it's animated or not. But they faked it a lot better in this one. You know, it was more believable. If if they made if they made an Anastasia movie now, but it's under Disney slash maybe Fox also, (laughs) would you be disappointed? It's just a whole reboot of the whole movie. Is it live action or animated? Yeah, no, it's gonna no, ask. no, no, it's gonna be no, no, no. It's gonna be animated. It's gonna be like another Disney princess. I don't know. Like it's gonna be kind of like Frozen, except you know it's told by um, Anastasia's <laughs> side. I guess I don't know. Um, like I'd give it a chance, but I don't think it would capture the same essence as uh, <clears throat> Don Bluth did, especially with Meg Ryan's voice. Mm. I hope. Probably, like I agree with Angie. I wouldn't want it to. I wouldn't want to see one, one, and two. Uh, I don't really like. Isn't the trend to do live action? So yeah. why would they like redo an animated movie with an animated movie? One can only dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It would probably yeah. be really. To be honest, it would probably would be really good if it was live action. Hmm. Um, I, I'm probably sure they made a live-action Anastasia, but it's probably not Disney. It probably, like, in the form of a play, yeah. Yeah, they did the musical yeah. a few years ago, but they made yeah. a lot of changes to it. Were they more historically accurate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm maybe, gonna say Maybe the though. villain was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the villain didn't spawn fire from his hands or have a talking bat or something. <laughs> And they cut the the most fire song ever. So that was disappointing. <laughs> Which one was it? Was it the Rasputin song? The In the Dark of the Night. In the Dark of the Night. Something, something, something. And then the boom, boom, boom. In the Dark of the Night. <laughs> I remember that song. I don't remember the words, but I remember how the beat that goes. That song was fire. Literally. Like fire everywhere. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo, I didn't know you had a, a, a higher the cut pitch. version. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, yeah, they left that totally. one out. <laughs> um, for me, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, there was a lot of animated movies I loved back then. I one, can't name particularly one. I know. <laughs> Just take I one know. of the ones you're thinking of and put it out there. Okay, uh, just because I've been thinking about it, and this is the ones that kind of like just treasured me, and it's Treasure Planet. Of See what course. I did there? Ooh. I wouldn't do it in there. I I was so like when I first saw that movie, I was so relatable to like Jim Hawkins, especially at that age. Just the rebel doing the skyboarding thing, and I was like skateboarding at the time, and I don't know, just <laughs> oh the whole God, like. He's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the whole like rock ballad in the background. <laughs> No, I was like, wow, this is like the little ponytail thing, but he has, I don't know. And then realizing when I'm older that it was like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, wow, I love this actor too. Was it really? Damn, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Baby, wow. baby Yeah. Ah. Um, and then he found that father figure in someone who wasn't actually his father, and I was like, that is so relatable. I was like, that really touched home for me. <laughs> Except for the robot part. I think the robot part was what killed me. What's his name? Ben? Oh, I could do without yeah. him. Yeah. 
I could do without. He's kind of like the Olaf in the movie. Yeah. Frozen one, Frozen one, Olaf. Frozen two, Olaf. <laughs> Frozen, is... Frozen two, Olaf is fine. He's wiser. <laughs> but um, that was one, and the other one I couldn't get out of my head. Oh dang! I just thought about it. One. Um, well, shoot. I was gonna say Spirited Away, but I would just because I love that movie. But um, Kiki's Delivery Service, because it was like the first introduction to a Ghibli movie I've ever seen. Kiki's Delivery Service was the first Ghibli movie I've really? seen. Really? Or uh, the one that I ever recalled anyway. Not Nausicaa. Yeah, because no, no, Nausicaa. I I didn't see that till like maybe a few years later. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I know like there's like older Ghibli movies, but. Like, I haven't seen them till like, I got more introduced to the other movies. But Kiki's was the gateway to my Ghibli, like, story. And then after that, you know, all the others came tumbling down. We did rent Kiki uh, a lot. We rented Kiki a lot. I think Margie was the one who picked it out, I, if anything. Isn't that her favorite? <laughs> that was her favorite. Yeah. yeah. And then I think mine was Spirited Away. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but no lie, I do also like Nasca. I like... Um, the Secret World of Arietti was really good. Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky is good too. Castle in the Sky. That was a good one. Um, the, was it? Um, uh, Firefly, Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, oh my God. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but that movie is deep. That Ugh. It's, even more, it's even more emotional because it's animated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel so much more emotion because it's like an animated film, but... Uh, yeah, Yami, you got it. If you haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies, it's the older Ghibli movie, but it's very, very disturbing. You might cry. You might Grave cry. of the Fireflies? Yeah. Grave of the Fireflies. Okay. It's a good one. But yeah, uh, I think I would say Kiki would be a home run for me, and I can't not ever watch that. Like, I would always like have time to watch that movie, you know? Um, so yeah, those would be the two that kind of like just I cherished. Growing up, and I still appreciate to this day. Heck, I have a Treasure Planet poster in my room right now. I'm looking at. Hmm. So. Treasure Planet yeah. was really a huge, um, a huge um, letdown <laughs> when well, it came out. <laughs> I mean, box office wise, yes, yep. but it was a really ambitious project for uh, Disney at the time because that's that... around that time in the early 2000s when they were starting to experiment with CGI. Like CGI really innovation stuff. Was it Atlantis and uh, Tomorrowland and all that stuff? Well, in the the later uh, Renaissance movies from the '90s, you'll notice uh, a lot of background characters and background things were CGI. And CGI, like the yeah. The Hydra from Hercules. Yeah. And the, the people and the crowd and the hunchback. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I'm not going to lie, when I was younger, I didn't care for the extra CGI stuff mm-hmm. more than I cared about the story. So, like, because the story was so redeemable, mm-hmm. the CGI just blurred with the story. Yeah. You know, um, sure. So, it, 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 and it's a funny thing how people complain about, like, I know we're not off, going off rail a little bit, but, t- like, talking about people who complain about bad CGI in, like, this generation, like... It doesn't matter. Like in all honesty, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the best looking CGI out there. As long as it has a good story, it's gonna be a redeemable movie. You know, it's only if it's a bad movie then you start to notice how bad the CGI is. That's true. You know? Yeah. That's actual facts. 
Because, like, if you think of, like, any of the superhero movies, I mean, they CGI the hell out of those. And no one... Yeah. And it's not like they're uh, the best quality. No one talks about the... Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) uh, freaking... You know, if you watched uh, Justice League, you're like, yeah, that CGI was shit. But the only reason you'd say that is because you're, like, underwhelmed overall by the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just an easy nitpick for it's people an easy, to add on. Yeah, it's low-hanging fruit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, The Matrix, for example, has very old CGI. <laughs> but because but it's a classic. because the movie is... Yeah, it's a classic in it because it's so damn good. We can forgive it. It's like, I could totally forgive the CGI. I was like, remember when Neil was fighting all those, like, clones of his? I was like, like, those terrible CGIs? No one said that. No one ever said that. <laughs> Unless they're, like, oh, like super young kids that don't like The Matrix and appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Zoomers. Zoomers. They, is that what they're called? Yes, they're called Zoomers? I don't even know. That's oh, what yeah. I call them. <laughs> <laughs> I call them little shits. Yeah, that's what I call them. I call them little jits just because of my Hispanic friends. We love you, Zoomers. You still listen to the <laughs> pod. We love you. <laughs> yeah, little shits. I hope you little shits are like getting approval from your parents. I do put explicit content on this thing. How dare you have the audacity to be younger than us? Don't. You're right? Yeah, I know, right? I didn't agree to this. You know, I, I also want to bring something else up. Because, like, uh, while we're on the subject um, of, like, animation and stuff. So, like, in mm. school, you know how they used to make us watch, like, Bill Nye and all that, all those different uh, yes. Movies. Magic School Bus? Magic Are you bringing up the Magic <laughs> well, School Bus? I was going to say that, but I was actually going <laughs> to okay. go to uh, one that doesn't get as much attention. Did you guys watch uh, the Wallace and Gromit stuff back then? Yes. 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 So, like, Wallace and Gromit. I would like cheese with my crackers. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, and, and there, like, almost almost every time I watch a Wallace and, and Gromit, like, short, of any kind, I was like, I need to get cheese and crackers. Because <laughs> they made no. it look like the most delicious thing of all time. And I was just and, like... And every time I see Gumby, I want to play with Plank. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to eat him. I was going to say, no, 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 but it's string cheese that's come to mind, though. Yo, those, like, chicken pies, though, from Chicken Run. Oh, I oh, love yeah. Chicken Run. Oh, yeah. I love Chicken oh, is such a a trip compared to other forms of animation. It's a lost but... art, man. It's yeah. a lost art. <sighs> Claymation, stop motion, like just everything. Like when that was it was that studio um Leica. that makes all the stop motion. Leica. Hi, was it? Leica. Leica? Leica. Leica Studios. Leica. They did they did uh Coraline, right? Yeah. They did Coraline, they did uh Kubo Paranorman. They did Paranorman. They did the new one with Hugh Jackman. What's it called? Uh, um, I just saw recently too. Uh, missing link. Um, the missing link. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually really good. I liked it. Yeah, we saw that in theaters. So, mm-hmm. I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. So, I just love the the fact that with animation, you could get away with so many different things. Like, it doesn't even have to be CGI or hand drawn. It could be like claymation, or it could be stop motion, or it could be you know. It's just so many different things. Like, you, have you guys seen the new Dark Crystal on Netflix or no? Yes, I haven't. Oh, they, they. Even though it was more puppeteering in that, there is a lot of uh, 
I guess, computer animations they had to do with the character's eyes to make them more believable. Mm-hmm. Because I was looking, I was watching the behind the scenes, and they were actually thinking about going full on CGI with the characters and having just the puppets be those big um, birds. I forgot what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they decided that it would totally break off from the communication with the audience, so they went with the whole puppets with, um, with the uh, with the main cast too. But they hinted, they 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 put in some CGI computer animation overlaying their faces, so they have that expression that you kind of see in the actual show. So it's not all just puppets; it's like everything, a culmination of just animation built into like the whole like show i felt like I the, the animation for it was very seamless with the, the mm-hmm. puppets and i felt like it wasn't overdone which was something i was worried yeah. about but mm-hmm. they stayed really faithful to the original movie and the, the jim henson company did a really good job with that even like when you see them flying through and you don't see the strings or anything it's like you know that was cgi but it was just so well done yeah that you know it it, it like you said it didn't didn't underwhelm us. It didn't overwhelm us. It was just like it was just perfect. It was a it was an appropriate amount of CGI. I think it was an appropriate amount of CGI. That's the that's the phrase. Yeah. But yeah. Um. <clears throat> so we hardly talked any actual anime on this podcast. <laughs> so, that's okay. So I mean, they get the that, gist. They, <laughs> they get the gist. No, um, we talked. We gave some love to Spirit Away and all that. They count. Yeah, that's all that. That's true. Uh, okay, so what's the recent anything you've watched recently? I know like there's a movie that you wanted to talk about, uh, Yami. That you oh yeah, recently. Um, and then Anji, we got to talk about Frozen too, also. Oh my god. Okay. But, so like, <laughs> go ahead. Take. Go ahead. So like, uh, I actually watched uh, the Bunny Girl Senpai movie. Uh, I don't know if John has any interest. Oh, uh, <laughs> Mango has any interest uh, at all in watching it? But no, I do. I really do because I I seen the anime, and even though I thought the anime ending was kind of underwhelming, I still want to see well, the movie because it was overall a good because anime. the the movie's supposed to tie up where the anime ended, and well, there you go. And so it might be yeah, and like, dude, that movie so good. I literally was tearing up watching this. Thing. Are you serious, dude? It was so good. Really? No. It was like since since Toy Story three, you teared up. Uh, why well, I, I tear up for like emotional stuff in general, but like that one was Aww. really good. I'm not gonna spoil anything for those of you who haven't seen it, but like, um, it ties up loose ends that obviously with uh, one of the characters, uh, with the uh, forgetting the, the character's full name. But the Makinohara character, who had like a a younger version of herself and then an older version of herself, do you remember yes. that jump? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. um, there was uh, a that like little plot hole was still open, so they actually go into that in the movie and the circumstances that caused that to happen. Obviously, we all know that it's like puberty syndrome, what you know causes all these like anomalies and whatnot uh, to happen in the story. But, like, uh, her situation is very unique. And they kind of go into uh, what caused it and the circumstances surrounding it and how to, and they're trying to solve it. Um, but there's a lot of different uh, things at play. 
Um, but yeah, the when you get like around the middle of the story, something happens that's like, oh man, that's so effed. And then uh, they go, you know, they try to. Uh, the main character has to make a decision or whatnot, and then going from there, it's just like nonstop uh, uh, feels, man. Like it, it really takes you on a ride. Uh, Do I have to rewatch the anime? Cause no, I, I, I mean, I rem- I kind of remember what happens, but. If I want to feel those feels, do I have to rewatch no, the anime absolutely not. so I can under, no. understand those feels strongly? No. The good thing about the the arcs in the story are that <clears throat> they're completely uh, independent of each other. Insofar as like, um, you don't need to really like have watched the other parts to really get. It's kind of like Monogatari in that way, okay. or JoJo. You know, you don't really. Gotcha. Need so it's just like a whole different. Yeah. Thing. But, like, <clears throat> there are recurring characters in it that if you hadn't watched the whole thing, that you'd be confused as, like, who's this, who's that, you know? Gotcha. But uh, as far as, like, the plot of the movie itself, no. You don't need to have watched the entire thing. Obviously. I think it's on, I think the actual series is on Funimation. Yeah, um, it is. Hey, Andre, have you, seen, have you seen the actual show, Bunny Girl Senpai? No, you should watch uh, put it. that one on your list. It's actually really good. It it looks very like lewd because the <laughs> cover is like a girl in a bunny girl outfit. Sounds but it's lewd. actually <laughs> it's not lewd. Yeah, I know, right? But no, it's it, it, it weirdly enough, it's basically about well, it first starts off about this girl who is, I guess she's technically like invisible mm-hmm. or she can't be seen by everyone else, but you kind of understand why no one else sees her in a weird sci-fi kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's entangled with this crazy like romance between this guy who kind of helps figure it out for her. And then he spirals into helping all these other people with these unexplained events of their like self, yes. I guess. So it, it's, it's like, uh, it's kind of like Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh, Similar-ish, yes. It's very similar to Harley Suzumiya, and then the play on words with the whole relationship is kind of funny going back and forth, because mm-hmm. she's a very, uh, what's it, she's a very, what kind of character would you say she's, she is? She's pretty soon. She's a pretty, she's pretty soon, right? No, I mean, like, not, not type-wise, but, like, her back and forth, like, like just conversation with the guy, it's very uh, one-two punch kind of liners. Yeah, you know? they, they definitely... It, it, it's, it's kind of like, hey, why don't we make out? Just like, okay, let's make out. And then he's like, then they, like, don't make out or something you know it's so it, kind of like very... kind of like holo and lawrence then yeah mm-hmm. okay. yeah it's it's very like uh dry comedy yeah <laughs> I guess. definitely yeah they have a, it's a lot of sarcasm between the two like they have yes, witty yeah. banter that's very uh it, it's it makes it to where you can understand that even if they're not like holding hands and making out and all that kind of stuff you can that you can see like the relationship is very have. genuine between the two. Mm-hmm. Like, just but it's all like... Yeah, yeah like that's my thing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so yeah, definitely check that. You'll definitely like that one then because it's all covered in this whole mystery of fantasy sci-fi with these other people he has to help. And it's not in a magical realm. It's in like the real realm. Like, you know, it's in like this, like just everyday life kind of thing. It's like a slice of life kind of anime with sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, That's it's cool. very so, yeah. good, very good. But yeah, very, I, everybody very out simple. there should absolutely uh, check it out. If you're a fan of the regular series, definitely watch the movie. Uh, it's it's so good, man. Can't recommend it more. 
that that's great i i mean i'm definitely gonna check it out um just because i didn't know they made a movie this soon for it um before we start talking about frozen 2 though i did want to talk about an anime movie i did watch recently Mm -hmm. um it's and it's been out since like i guess 2016 2017 but have you guys it's on netflix too have you guys uh seen the no game no life movie i've been meaning to i did not watch it yet uh but yeah, I, that was next on my list. So, on Netflix, I, I, maybe they just put it on Netflix. That's probably why I only saw it now. But No Game, No Life, the movie on there, like it has no relation whatsoever with the anime. So you could literally go in and watch it, and you don't even have to see the original anime. All you have to really know with the original anime is that this is a this is part of the lore that made up the world of No Game, No Life. So you're really watching the history. Oh, it's like an origin. An origin movie. Yeah, it's called No Game, No Life Zero or ReZero or something like that. Because everything had to put ReZero in their names. (laughs) But, oh my goodness. I I wasn't really sold at first because the anime was just okay. It wasn't like, it didn't like perform as good as I thought it would be. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was just okay. And I like the colors. I love the character designs. But some of the stuff was kind of just like weird. But this movie was a completely different like character on its own. It like it felt nothing like the anime. Maybe a couple of different things, but um, it was very serious. And I, at first, I didn't give it the respectable, I guess, weight it deserved because I thought it was just like silly, like an a silly anime movie. But as soon as I kept watching it, like it got so, so serious and so dramatic. And by the end of it, I was like, holy shit. Like I wish the actual anime was like this. It was really good. It was like a great like game changer for me. Like if they do come out with season two of No Game No Life, I kinda of see how they're headed towards it because the this felt like a completely different animal compared to like the anime itself. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix now. I don't know how long it's been on Netflix, but I just recently saw it like a week ago. And I loved it. Oh my god, I didn't think I'd love it. But yeah, No Game, No Life, uh, Re-Zero or something like that. Hmm. Really, really good. Yeah, I'll look into it. Uh, Alright. So, when uh, Anji and I were here, uh, she did buy my ticket to see Frozen 2. Have you ever seen Frozen, Yami? Admittedly, no. I haven't watched either. Oh my god. I'm smack you. <laughs> I sound like a Disney whore. I mean, honestly, yes, I don't. I, didn't, I saw Frozen. I don't go out of my way to watch Disney movies. I'm going to be honest. Liar. No, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I don't know the last one I saw. I haven't seen Moana. I haven't seen Frozen. I haven't seen. Oh, you Moana haven't seen Moana? Was so good. I haven't watched Okay. I haven't watched okay. How did you not see Moana? I told you I don't go out of my way to watch Disney movies. I know that, but how? I do don't go out of my to way to watch Disney movies. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck you, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine. I'm not. I mean, I'm sorry. It's okay. If you don't, I I commend you actually for not giving Disney the money. I like. I don't hate Disney. I just I I hate their politics and their their new motto that you know everything's being monopolized under their name in a sense. So I only buy what I what I like from Disney, and I don't need anything more than that. You know. So I I don't play to the the whole nostalgia. Things now and then. Says the guy with but, the Treasure Planet poster. 
Hey, I didn't pay Disney for that. I paid Amazon. I don't know where that money went, but it went to Amazon. I also have a Mulan poster. I love Mulan. That was this is pre monopolizing Disney. Mister, okay. I don't play into the nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call him no, out. I mean like I don't. I mean like this I, movie's older than I mean, me, man. <laughs> I mean I don't play. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't pay for like entertainment wise, movie wise. I don't go in and pay for nostalgia stuff. Like I don't. I don't like that idea. Or if it's anything like entertainment, like I don't see why I have to pay you money to relive my own past kind of thing. I don't know. I don't care about reboots. I didn't see the new Terminator movie, even though the Terminator like movies, like the first two ones are pretty good. I wouldn't want to see the reboot. I don't care if like the same director came back to produce it or whatever, you know, or anything like that. I, I don't see the point to it. Uh, but I, I get why they do it. It's because it's a cash grab. Like nostalgia nowadays is just a cash grab for people. And I see why they're doing it. True. So. I don't play into it. If if it's something of value to me and I respect it and I could see like myself liking it, then yeah, I'll go I'll I'll do like a little nostalgia like stuff, but I wouldn't like go like balls deep into like here, take my money because you put Blockbuster and Captain Marvel. You know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, anyways, back to Frozen Two. <laughs> Because we're getting off topic again. <laughs> you got really passionate for a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I get passionate about these things. I just want to feel. Builds up in my mind. I just want, That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> express our emotions. We're lost, sis. Whatever, guys. You're supposed to support me. I'm just laughing. Um, so, we're not going to... So, I mean, are you going to see Frozen 2, Yami? I gotta yeah, see Frozen. I know, but because like I, I should we spoil it or should we not? Go ahead. It? No, it's fine. I don't mind. It's fine. Okay, we're gonna spoil the shit out of it. <laughs> so, spoilers for people who hasn't seen Frozen two. Go see it, yeah, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't, don't take he the needs it. <laughs> Yeah, totally It's funny it. how like this podcast was so light and hard in the beginning, and now we're just like we oh, shit on zoomers, we shit on nostalgia grabbers, and now we shit on uh, we shit on chicken cunts. strips, shit on chicken strips, we shit on Doritos, <laughs> and yeah. So okay, so. Anjay and I both agree that Frozen 2 was way stronger and way better than the first one, right? By a long shot. There's not even a comparison in my mind. Yeah, agreed. So, question for you then. What, why do you think that is? Why do you think there are people out there that are very, quote-unquote, I'd say, <laughs> like, nostalgia-heavy, like the first one better than the second one? Like, why do those people exist? Why, why would they say Frozen 2 wasn't good? Like, I don't see it. Like, it's obviously better, but I don't know how. Like, I don't know how they think that way. So do you have an idea why those people think that I f- Frozen 1 is better? I feel like a lot of people get attached to the feelings that they get when they watch a movie in particular. And I feel like they didn't get the same feelings from Frozen 2 that they got from the first one. They're very stuck in the whole, like, no, it's supposed to be like this. This is how it's supposed to go. Why are they changing everything? Because a lot of a lot of those people are the same people that I feel don't really react to change very well, you know? And you know the funny thing is, and I agree with you with that, they're probably also the same people <laughs> that react to if the movie didn't change. You know what I mean? Like, they'll say... 
oh, they just did the same movie over again. Like, well, if they did it completely different, then you'll probably complain because it's not the same. Honestly, like, for people who weren't, like, impressed with Frozen 2 or, you know, the people that preferred the first one, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they probably didn't really have a lot of expectations for the second movie to begin with. Like, I feel like they would have just been fine that there was even a sequel. You know, they didn't really mm-hmm. care about the progression of the story or, you know, the the whole origin and lore behind Elsa's powers and stuff, you know? I feel like they there wasn't a whole lot of mental exploration <clears throat> with that, with them. I'm th- yeah, I'm thinking that because when you make a sequel, you want to definitely advance your story and make better characters. And I understand that Disney is catered to the younger audience, but the audience that saw Frozen 1 grew up a little bit. So you kind of have to make it more um, relatable to that audience too, aside from the kids that are going to see Frozen 2. You know what I mean? If anything, it's catered more to the people who are growing up with Frozen than it is for the younger kids. Um, that being said, because it doesn't have that same... Um, vibe as a more happy-go-lucky kind of movie, and like it was in Frozen One. I kind of had that feeling compared to Frozen Two, where it seemed a little bit more realistic and grounded. Um, that people are upset about. <clears throat> oh, there's no main villain, like you mentioned before um, when we were talking. Um, that was one of the things that you, uh, people were complaining guess, uh, about, I guess. And the way I see it is, the villain is like accepting change it's and and you could say that about moana too there wasn't really a main villain moana people loved moana you know what i mean so it it's it, i feel like frozen 2 needed this this movie yeah because it definitely inve- it, it definitely made me more invested in this movie and i already saw this movie more times than the first one so <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean i mean i mean when it was in theaters obviously i saw the first one like when it came out but um yeah, um, music-wise, I guess. How about music? I th- okay, I'm just going to say that the music in Frozen 2 blew the first one's music completely out of the water. Like, I was way more impressed with these songs in the first movie because, you know, the my favorite song from the first movie is, you know, the duet between Anna and Hans, which, you know, isn't mm-hmm. really meant to be taken seriously anyways. But... In this movie, I feel like we got twice the let it go power with um, Into the Unknown and Show Yourself. I love Show Yourself. I mean, I do like Into the Unknown, but I think Show Yourself was the more impactful one because when that scene, um, spoiler alert, um, Elsa was riding the water knot mm-hmm. to Alaka, whatever. Atahala. Um, Atahala. <laughs> um, and she starts singing that song as she's riding the horse, and that it reminds me of the whole spirit scene and spirits are like running. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything gets and, more emotional with horses. It, yeah, but <laughs> the 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 weight of the of how she sang it, with the knowledge that you knew about the relationship she had with her mother in the first scene, mm-hmm. especially like I'm glad I re-saw that movie because I missed it the first time, and that first scene was like a lot more important than I thought it played out when it came to the. Um, when it came to the um, near the climax of the story, yeah, and it became that song became way more weighted and emotional for me, 
And I was like, I, I felt that thud in my heart. I was like, damn, like, fuck, this, this, strong, this song's strong. It, it's really strong. And that's when I, that's, because when I first saw it, I told you, like, I don't know, I think that it goes still a little bit stronger. But now that I saw it a second time and I saw the intro part, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, definitely um, <clears throat> Show Yourself is definitely the stronger song and definitely has way more impact than Let It Go. Um, I don't know if it's as poppy as Let It Go. I don't know if kids are going to sing Show Yourself mm-hmm. or they're going to continue to sing Let It Go. They're probably going to still continue to sing Let It Go. But for just like the audience that grew up with Frozen mm-hmm. and understand the musical like feelings behind it, mm-hmm. I feel that it, you're right. It is like the music is way stronger and more driven in the movie than it was in the first movie. I feel like Show Yourself, for me, I, I think like, it's just, it was the most, like, show-stopping, like, heart-pounding, like, musical number in a Disney movie that I've ever seen in a really long time. Like, it's, it impacted me a hundred times over than Let It Go did. Like, I was just completely blown away by it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, what was the other song I was going to compare it to? The one that Moana sang um, when she was kind of like losing herself and then she dives into the water. Um, oh, what was it? Is it the How Far I'll Go reprise? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I felt that because <clears throat> that song I thought was like super strong too mm-hmm. uh, when I first saw Moana, but I think it kind of outdid that song. In Moana? If I had a comp- or do you think mm-hmm. the song in Moana outdid it? No, 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 no. I, th- I felt like uh, Show Yourself outdid that. Too. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it it was just like a great experience overall. And I, I love the musical numbers in this because it felt like it was definitely way more situated to how the movie flowed compared to like, um, we talked about this earlier too, like during the week, but we were going back and forth how the music played between the first and second one and the first movie, Frozen. I felt the musical numbers on that one was way more character-driven. Yeah. Like, it kind of showed the personalities more for the characters. Not saying they weren't, like, situational songs. Like, definitely they tied it in and made it, like, um, you know, a good transition to whatever scene it is. But um, but it definitely the first one definitely... F- the songs felt more characterized. Like, this is how this person is supposed to be, kind of. Yeah. You know, this is Anna, and this is her song. This is, you know, this is Sven, and this is her song. I feel like the, the, the character songs in the first movie, they laid down a really good foundation of who, they, who, the, characters who the characters are. And it's like, we don't need more happy, cheerful character songs in the second movie, because it's like, we are no. we already got that, you know? Yeah. For example, like Anna's last song in the movie where she's uh, do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't seem like an Anna song, but you it's know, it's Anna reacting of, to the situation. To that the she's situation, doing. exactly. Yeah, because the song that you know that Anna sings would be m- more like when she was falling in love with what's his name. But because she grew <laughs> as a person in the second yeah. one, you know, she kind of has to sing a different tune now, in a sense, or a different. It all, I guess, different environment. It all goes back to the whole like, the whole the biggest theme of this sequel is change, and I feel like that's where 
it lost a few people. It's like, you know, they don't like the change. A, yeah, a lot of the, I mean, those are the same. Like, a lot of the complaints I've seen was, you know, Elsa and Anna, spoiler alert, not really living together anymore and them kind of doing their own things. And it's like, I feel like that was really appropriate for the characters and for the story. It's like, of course, I, you yeah. know, we, we needed that. They can't be together all the time. Yeah, and you're setting up for, for a sequel. If you're doing a sequel, you know there's going to be a third one. You can't leave it a sequel, one. For sure. And two, um, yeah, it, you want to develop your characters in a more challenging environment. And what's the best way to do it if you already like did the one thing in the first movie? you got to do something different in the second movie. And most se- sequel of Disney movies recently, it's like Wreck-It Ralph, for example, Like mm-hmm. they they go through that. They go through the change. Like Ralph and Penelope uh, decided to go separate ways, you know? Even though Ragnar Ralph was a weaker movie compared to Frozen Two, mm-hmm. it told told it told the same themes in that sense. Like you have to kind of grow apart to grow together. And like Woody, you know, drifting Woody from and Buzz. his friends yeah. in Toy Story Four. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that was so sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Woody and Buzz in the yeah in the latest Toy Story movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about change, and that's it's it's. And that's where Disney capitalizes on your emotions. It's like we're gonna make them separate, <laughs> make you tear up because you know you like these characters. But it's it's useful but... for especially a younger audience like kids because it's like you know if they're seeing this in movies, then they have to. It's it's going to help them accept change a lot better. I think. I agree. I don't think we ever had those kind of stories growing yeah. up. Yeah, kids. Like if kids we did, it wasn't Disney. Like this. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it was more serious cartoon movies than Disney, but. Um, I, I did want to point out that in Elsa's number with uh, Show Yourself, you know how she was jumping and leaping, uh-huh. uh, trying to get down the stair or down that uh, cave uh-huh. or wherever she was at? I love her acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Even though she was, <laughs> even though Anna, when she did her number, and she was jumping off that, cl- that cliff and she barely made it, uh-huh. and yet Anna's the more spunky one. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that kind of funny. I mean, I know it's a mu- musical thing and it plays well with the choreography but it kind of shows like how they are mm-hmm. emotionally yeah because of the music they sing so i bet you if anna was singing more upbeat song she'd jump that thing like it was nothing <laughs> <laughs> but i just i just thought it was kind of funny because role reversal you know elsa is the more athletic one and anna is not <laughs> it's it really parallels their characters because you know during anna's musical numbers especially in the first movie she's not doing a whole bunch of graceful leaps and jumps like Elsa is. She's, you know, like, on the more spunkier, ooh, I almost fell off this cliff kind of thing, you know? But with yeah. Elsa, it's like grace and beauty with everything she does. Like, here I am! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know why people, like, I mean, there are people who love the second one, obviously, but... Um, but yeah, I feel like people who don't like the second one more than the first one to just give it another shot and give it another like watch over mm-hmm. and just understand how the story is progressing. Don't look at it from a standstill perspective and how it should be constructed because it's Disney. Mm-hmm. Like look at it at a standpoint where these characters, even though they're animated, they can be they could grow just like you and me, just like real people. Mm-hmm. And that's where the story should go. You know? Yeah. I'm really glad they didn't they, I felt like the story and the change and the character changes and everything, I felt like it was really appropriate for, you know, the whole franchise. And I'm really glad they didn't just cater to 
younger kids and made a you know a lukewarm sequel because you know we don't need any more of those from disney no like i said before though i feel like the only weakness i saw from it was a little bit even after seeing it a second time i felt that um there was still some choppy like um scenes in there that i felt that could have transitioned a little bit better but in all in all it was like I was explaining about CGI earlier, it's very overlooked. The story is still really good. So, yeah. I mean, it's just a little nitpick. And the story is still really good. Um, but, yeah. Um, did you want to add anything else, Anji, to this mm. Frozen story? We didn't really spoil much of it, so that's good for the audience. We, so we said a few things, but, you know, if you, you know, go see it if you haven't. Yeah, um, you know, I just want to say give it another chance and... Go see it if you haven't. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. All right. Um, yummy. You still there? <laughs> no, I just sat back and listened to you guys. You guys had awesome. good well, Did you get bored? No. <laughs> How'd we do? Would you listen to our podcast? <laughs> get a no, snack. it was a good discussion. <laughs> get a book or something. <laughs> no, it was a good discussion. Thank was you. It? Okay. No, it was. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, um, I know you don't watch a lot of Disney, and I'm not going to make you watch it, but it is a really good story. So it, whenever you get a chance, um, a lot of the newer animated Disney movies are actually pretty good, you know, if you're tired of superhero movies, just saying. Uh, well, I mean, unpopular opinion here. I don't really watch superhero movies either. Like... Oh, oh that's, you guys. Okay, you guys are the... Come, come, come. Superhero movies, bad. Mm, I wouldn't oh, say bad. Excuse me. I don't want to watch 18 <laughs> movies to find out what happens next. I know, right? No, I feel you. I feel you. I don't, I don't, I don't watch all the Marvel movies. Uh, I only watch the ones that I'd like to watch. I, I'm not going to go... I'm mean, like, 20, what, 2021, when whatever... Shan Lu, whatever comes out. I'm not going to see that. I'm going to see Doctor Strange, because I like Doctor Strange. But I don't think I need to see every Marvel movie or anything like that. Or DC <laughs> movie. I'm not going to see Birds of Prey. It doesn't look that good. I'm going to watch it only because Whoa. everybody's opinion is that it's going to suck absolute balls. And I want to see oh if it will. So I'm... I already know it so will. Because I... if, you, if you ever read the Birds of Prey comic, you know that Harley Quinn is not part of the Birds of Prey. Look, sometimes you need to take Either risks. Either make a Harley Quinn movie or make a Birds of Prey movie, but don't... Keep making this weird tango with Birds of Prey and Some, Harley Quinn. Well, the it's only like thing I can say is vinegar. sometimes you need to take risks, and uh, maybe it'll pay sometimes, off. Sometimes, sometimes those risks are a little too obviously <laughs> bad. <laughs> oh, it's like by the way, let's bet on this horse that's dying. It's gonna win this race. By the way, has everyone seen that hot new trailer of my girl uh, Miss Godot? who is going to be starring in the latest uh, Wonder Woman movie. Yes, and it looks so good. It That trailer good. is so good. It looks good. See, that's a good risk. That's, that's a good risk. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, uh. Yeah, we won't go too in deep. But <laughs> like, if anybody is interested at all in um, uh, those kind of movies, uh, definitely be hyped for the Wonder Woman movie. Because uh, it looks like Yo. it's gonna be pretty. Where the lightning came down and like she's swinging across the lightning, you know that's like Zeus, right? Yeah, like helping Wonder Woman. Yeah. Obviously, but that's so. Dumb. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I see. That's one of those things. Like again, CGI 
I mean, obviously we know we're watching a movie, but does it matter? It's got Gal Gadot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, Gal Gadot, that, that's all you need. Okay. So anyway, um, I guess we're going to be wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. So any last words for our audience, guys? No. <laughs> no, no. Every time I ask, I, I don't even know why I still ask. This is like the sixth episode, fifth episode. Watch and I, Bunny, I, I, Girl, Senpai, Movie. Go do it. Go watch Frozen okay. 2. Go do it. Watch Frozen 2. Watch Bunny, Girl, Senpai, Movie. Watch Spirit Away. Watch everything we just talked about today. Watch Clouds um, on Netflix. That's really good, too. Watch Clouds. That is a pretty good one, especially during the holidays. It's a very Christmassy one. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate that. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, Anji? Happy holidays, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Suggest us things. Um, yeah. yeah. Gang, gang. <laughs> oh, <Yum>. God. <laughs> you didn't actually just gang, gang. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> How old are you again? Are you Zoomy? I have to. I have Zoom? to maintain my depressed millennial aesthetic. Oh my God! Uh, I right. can't believe well, she Yami, did that you... to me. She did me like that. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, have a wonderful holiday. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, Christmas is coming soon. By the time this pod episode comes out, it'll probably be near Christmas. Um, so everybody enjoy, uh, your family, your friends, uh, stay safe out there and, uh, we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Happy Kwanzaa. (laughs) Bye. Bye,